the value of them is that if you are applying them correctly, then you reduce the incidence of scope creep. You reduce the need to have, for example, refactoring sprints down the line, um, which reduces further reduces toil. So any team applying definition of ready and definition of done should be able to immediately see some benefits to their work. I lost my choo-choo. We're going to edit that out, right? Yep. Hashtag worth it. And I want to welcome you back to another round, another time for Fireside Chats with Jerry and Matt. No, I'm just kidding. We have no fire. But this is a chat. It's this summer, is, dude. <laughs> it, is, it is summer. It's kind of blazing outside, so it's kind of like a fire in some senses. All right, I'll give you that. Let's roll with it. There we go. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Open Practice Podcast. This is a conversation. This is pragmatic and relevant conversations that allow everyone to really get to know uses of the practices that you can find in the open practice library better and possibly start using them with your delivery models. I'm Matt Takani. I'm an agile coach, one of your co-hosts uh, for the podcast. And I absolutely am loving the rain that is finally coming through and putting green grass back in my yard. <laughs> that blazing that blazing sun probably did a probably did a number on that uh, that yard of yours, huh, Matt? Yeah, it uh, was looking brown and pretty sad. Brownfield, brownfield project. I'm always about the greenfield greenfield projects. Brownfield to greenfield. <laughs> <laughs> We're nerds. Well, hey, yeah. so we got Matt, we got Matt on one end. If you don't know, I'm I'm the other guy on this on this uh, co-hosting thing. Jerry Becker, product manager, engagement lead, also Red Hat Open Innovation Labs. Also love to talk about producty stuff, open practice library, all of it, it's great. So um, so we're gonna get into it today and we've got a really cool topic that we're gonna discuss and we'll, we'll introduce that in a second. But first I wanna talk about the man we have on to talk about this, Mr. Brian Tomlinson. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Thanks for having me. So Brian, just, uh, you know, I love your name because it's just a really cool name, but I want to get to know you a little bit. So who, who are you? What, do, what have you been up to? Um, so I'm a transformation architect at Red Hat in the transformation and synergy services group. That's basically just a fancy way of saying that I'm a technical architect who also is capable of teaching practices and helping customers out with their processes as well from C-levels all the way down to the nitty gritty on individual teams. I sounds super smart. Uh, it sounds smarter than it is, I think. Um, <laughs> practically, it's just being willing to teach and, and to learn a lot. I day in, day out get to learn about my customers' industries and the business drivers behind what they're trying to do. Awesome possum. Speaking of possums, what kind of spirit animal are you embodying as we're in starting this conversation and why? Can't say possum. <laughs> oh, he's going deep. He's going deep I in the vault. I would say a beaver. A um, beaver? A beaver, because beavers have to stop and think and then build stuff. And they generally make an attempt to have an impact. I'm sure there's an architect joke in there somewhere about building things. 
<laughs> nice, nice connection. No, I like that. I think I think the metaphor is good. The metaphor, and they kind of work what they have. They work with what they have as it comes along, right? Like whatever's coming downstream, they kind of figure out. Oh, things are changing now. How do I kind of use this to kind of do what I'm trying to do here? So, right. and and they literally make their homes there. I like it. Cool. All right. So beavers got it locked in. We'll put a link in the show notes to some kind of amazing beaver, beaver picture in case people have forgotten what they look like. But maybe we can find a beaver with a beard, a, a, an amazing beard that Brian has. But we're not here to just talk about beavers. We're here to talk about some practices. So Brian, you came on to kind of drop some knowledge on us about this concept of how to align teams around when work is ready to be done or finished. So do you kind of want to introduce the the topic that we're going to talk about and maybe a little bit of like an elevator pitch like why are these things important yeah so we're going to be talking about definition of ready and definition of done um typically these are done together you want to be able to understand when something is ready to be worked on um and you also want to be able to know when are you actually done and usually I refer to that as done done um because you never want to have to go back and repeat yourself ever again so that's effectively the the what those practices are the value of them is that if you are applying them correctly then you reduce the incidence of scope creep you reduce the need to have for example refactoring sprints down the line um, which reduces further reduces toil so any team applying definition of ready and definition of done should be able to immediately see some benefits to their work so in, for for these things, definition of ready and definition of done, if you look at it on the surface, that seems like a pretty standardized thing. Like sh shouldn't one team's definition of ready and done be the same as any others? Like isn't work done when it's done, no matter what team you're on? Um, not necessarily, because for example, if you are like some of our customers where they'll have a separate development team and a separate testing team, the testing team is inherently working on something that's just a little bit different. Yes, it's all code and we can oversimplify that way, but tests have a scope based on the feature set of the application. And so the application definition of ready and done is going to be a little bit different and focused more on a product vision as opposed to the test definition of ready and done, which is going to have a hard dependency on the application code, as well as trying to achieve a little bit different of an impact, especially once you get into different types of tests. So yeah, that's, it, it, that's really an important idea there is that um, you have different kinds of work that you're doing from team to team. And so of course, you know, what is considered ready to be officially worked on and what might be considered complete for that work is going to differ just because it's the nature of the different kind of work that you're doing. But there's also like different personalities that you have on teams too, that might influence that. So have you seen times where like maybe a definition of done or definition of ready, you saw um, kind of being differentiated from ones that you've seen in the past, just because of the culture of the team by chance? Yeah, definitely. Um, and part of that leads into to other practices, like when you get into priority sliders and everything, the priorities of the team a lot of times will dictate a lot of what you'll see in definition of ready or definition of done. Um, when I work with customer teams that are kind of at the very beginning of their journey in transformation uh, or modernization, um, their skills and experience may lead them to focus on specific areas such as documentation. 
right? Um, definition of ready I've actually seen where documentation had to be provided prior to a work item being available just so someone would know how to approach the work. Typically though, you see that in the definition of done that documentation has been written on the work that was completed in order to be able to mark it as done. So it, it just kind of depends on the, the makeup of the team, um, their skill levels and their level of comfort with the work that they're going to be doing, uh, among other things. So when we're talking specifically about like the definition of ready and you, you were saying that that kind of defines when is something is ready to be worked on. Um, like when you say it's ready to be worked on in what capacity is that, is that specifically like within a sprint or is that just like, you know, anybody being able to pick it up and work on it? Can you go into that a little more? Yeah. So, um, it's a little bit of both. The work should be able to be conducted within the sprint. Usually that's included in the definition of ready. It should also be worked in such a way that anybody should be able to pick up that unit of work. So then that way, um, it's not, you don't rely on heroes, right? Definition of ready and definition of done. Mm. And really all the, the practices in the open practice library are not meant to enable teams to work together and Typically what ends up happening is, is you'll have a team member who's maybe a bit of a hero or the, the quote unquote 10 X programmer, um, to borrow a nineties term that, um, is just awesome at everything, but then they write a story or they, they, uh, define a unit of work for them as if they were going to do it. And really it needs to be for anybody on the team to be able to pick up. Yeah. I, I like how we're, where we're getting into how uh, both of these practices are applied and kind of like formulated as to how do I get from one stage of this work item into the next stage for that work item. Uh, something that I'm pretty interested in and others might be interested in as well. When do you start creating these kinds of things? When do I create and, and kind of come up with what my definition of ready or definition of done should be? And what kind of steps do you use in order to create um, both of those definitions? So typically I'm an advocate of having definition of ready and definition of done started and defined on day one when the team yeah. forms right after they've conducted their social contract exercise. The reason being is that you have to define something to get you started right off the bat and you want to have a good baseline these practices are, are iterative. Today's definition of ready and definition of done two months from now may need some adjustment based off of business goals. So, or, or maybe a, the team had to pivot on something um, that they discovered through some of the other practices in the library. I so, love how you just stated how it's an evolving, a work in progress. It, when you uncover new things, uh, through doing a lot of the work, you go, oh, we really needed these pieces of information for everything that we need to do. Or, oh my goodness, I can't believe we forgot to do a facilitator's guide on all of these things because we need to teach people about it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, sometimes it's as small as not just like a complete redo of definition of ready and definition of done for a team on day one versus two months from now, sometimes it's as small as, okay, so we included a 
you know, estimable requirement in our definition of ready. And that's great. But maybe we need to make sure that it's estimable um, at a certain level. Or maybe we're going to say that it's not ready if for using story points or, or, or work item pointing. Um, it's not ready if it's larger than eight, right? It needs to be six or smaller in order to be ready. Um, or for, I go back to the documentation example. It's not just about having the documentation. It's where the documentation. Some teams start with, we're only going to document in our applications readme. And then they evolve and say, okay, we need the readme, but we also need something in say confluence for the executive level leadership to be able to keep track of what's going on or to communicate our documentation out to other teams who may have a dependency on our application or service. Self-documenting code is great, but you might need a little bit more depending upon the use case. Exactly. And so these practices have to evolve. You, you have to grow. I've recently, I've started with some of my customers where we actually keep our social contract definition ready, definition done, among other things, in a code repository so we can actually see what our improvement over time looked like. Uh, I love seeing an evolution of the, what that definition kind of becomes. Uh, and I know you mentioned uh, doing your definition of ready, definition of done, initialization, shall we say, uh, right after running something like a social contract. And that is awesome. So one, I absolutely love the social contract as a practice itself. Uh, it's just so good for a lot of like the team forming kinds of things. Bang on for that one. Uh, well, and the, it's also the kind of thing where if you do it right after the social contract, you've effectively just defined what your team's culture is and what you how you want to work. So now you get to immediately go into having to work as a team to define how do we know when work is to begin and when work is to be done. And it becomes really easy to, for example, um, call someone out for violating the social contract immediately because it's still fresh in everybody's minds and they get the immediate quote unquote hands-on practice in order to put it into practice and use it and solidify it in their minds, which in turn has a cascading effect on definition ready, definition of done and any other practices they might have because they're immediately going from one to the other and using them immediately and building that muscle memory. Yeah, that's really good. I, I like that. Like immediately putting the social contract into practice right on the heels of defining it to get everybody to, you know, go through the mechanics of doing it. But then being able to, like you said, you're defining how do we want to work together? And then you're defining right after that. Now, how do we define the work that we are going to do so that we make sure that we're aligned on both of those things? That's really good. I like how that light leads into one another. So we've talked a lot about like like the value of, of definition of ready and definition of done and like when you would do it, you know, ideally sooner, you know, as soon as possible within a new team formation, or even if you're in a current team, you know, like doing it either between sprints or pausing for a sprint and putting it together in order to get immediate value out of it. But I'd like to get into a little bit of the details of like how to actually like, what are the steps of formulating a definition of ready and definition of done as a team? So kind of like from a facilitator's perspective, what are the steps that you walk your teams through in order to define these things? So generally what I'll do is whether in person or remote, um, we'll use some sort of a, a board, um, either a chalkboard or, or something like Miro or Mural. 
out there. Um, Google Jamboard is also appropriate for this as well. What I'll do is I'll section out on whatever board I'm using, DOR and DOD, a brief description of what they are. I usually give everybody five minutes to read the open practice library entries on them and say, look, this is what we're going to do. Address initial questions up front um, just to avoid the analysis paralysis and interruptions that can happen when you're trying to facilitate something and someone has a question. And then from there, we start going in and if I'm in person, I'll hand them a bunch of stickies and say, listen, put whatever you think is appropriate up on the board. Um, if we're doing this remotely, I'll set a time box in Miro for say five minutes and say, put whatever idea comes to mind. You can even put questions up there. That's fine. And just load up the board with, with your thoughts and ideas. So um, what, what makes a good definition of ready or definition of done item? So there, it, it depends on the team and depends on their work. Some things are just flat out going to be inappropriate, right? For example, I, I had somebody being a little bit facetious on one of my teams go and say, okay, so whoever is facilitating um, writing the stories in our backlog needs to wear a red shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that's not going to go into definition of ready. Um, <laughs> But it is a fun little Star Trek fan. You can tell what he thinks about his teammates. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, that person was a Star Trek fan, actually. All right. <laughs> so um, it comes down to, are the items relevant? If you're on a marketing team and you're going to create a campaign for an ad campaign, you need to understand who your target audience is. So maybe part of your definition of ready needs to include something like, who is our target demographic? that would be a good item for definition of ready for definition of done. It might be we've demoed the live ad on our, on our website and are actively receiving metrics. That's for a marketing team, but you get into a, obviously a software development team or an application team, and it's going to look a little bit different. Their definition of ready is going to include more things like um, the user persona that they are developing for, their definition of done is going to include things like um, passes security scans in our pipeline. Yeah, that's good. I like uh, um, the the nuance there. Even what makes a good item kind of depends on, again, the context of the, the problem space for the team and what they're focused on. Um, so that's really good. So, so you were saying, um, you know, everybody has their own stickies. They're kind of doing some silent generation with putting, you know, one idea per sticky up on the board as we're doing this and we talked about what makes a good idea for anybody who's listening, either from a facilitator perspective or even, even as a participant, you know, what makes a good idea for a sticky. And then um, where do you go from there? Yeah, so from there, um, after the time box, I'll typically go through a little bit of an affinity, an affinity mapping exercise in each of the spaces. And this is where as a facilitator, I found it, it's very helpful to speak up um, it's very easy for us to just kind of go up to a whiteboard and start moving stickies around in silence. And then everybody's going, wait, what magic is this? So typically what I'll do is I'll kind of read excerpts of some of the stickies and say, okay, so these seem related under this topic to me. Does anyone else disagree or have something else to add and so on? And, and we'll get our groupings in place. And then we start addressing each group. Uh, and that's where it's getting the feedback from the team um, in trying to tease out 
the intent because a lot of times you can lose things in text that you you don't get from speaking um and so we'll take you know read a few under one group maybe it's the the cicd group of definition of done um we'll go through and read those stickies and you know try to as a group write a single one that is a one-liner that captures the spirit of what all of those other stickies had and that becomes item number one and we rinse and repeat until we're done and then depending on the team social contract but generally i've, I've seen it where it's 100 consensus among the team we all agree okay definition of ready these line items that we came up with we agree to hold ourselves accountable to these um, definition of done same thing and then we codify them either we will create a space specifically on our room's whiteboard or we'll have our our Miro spot and we'll clean it up and everything and and make it nice and presentable take a picture of it put it on our confluence page or more recently put it in git and then publish it um, to the team's website or the team's confluence page or whatever they're using for documentation to share um, and then go from there and just make sure that we're keeping each other honest uh, while we go through other practices. Yeah, I, I like how it's visual uh, and that you always want it to be there. You mentioned putting it inside of like confluence and all that kind of uh, like some, some area that is always visible for everybody. I find that to be such an incredibly powerful and necessary thing to do with definition of done and definition of ready because both of them if not in the forefront of everyone's mind falls by the wayside and becomes either unused or not followed and you lose all the benefit all that work that you went into it and because it is such great accountability self-accountability in fact for every team member to look to abide by it and if they don't agree with it then it becomes a uh, a conversation to adapt and evolve what what those definitions are. Exactly, and by making it public, also you can achieve something that teams usually think is very complex, and that is you can achieve executive buy-in when you're going through other practices, such as you know your your end of sprint showcase or, or end of sprint demo. Um, typically, the team's going to get asked from various groups either architecture or executives themselves, by what criteria did you determine that that was valuable? Let me show you my definition of ready. How do you know that this is done? Will we ever have to do anything else? Let me show you my definition of done. And it right. is anyone on the team that is able to do that because everyone was part of the creation of both, all of these definitions. Precisely. Yes. And then okay. all those people outside of the team who would have those questions that a team would normally feel burdened by, it's easy. They they can just point to it and say, this is what we do. This is how we work. And so when they're when they fail, they can say, we need to evolve how we work. When they're successful, they can say, this is why we're successful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even in a in a physical space, even having it up on the wall is is such a great like cultural testament to how the team is working and it makes it really easy to like actually physically point to the thing you know it's always there you you visually get reminded of what these things are but when the question comes along from an executive who's coming in you know it's right there you can walk them right to it and and explain 
you know, how you're defining these things. But it's also a great reminder as you're having discussions and working as a team, if something needs to get updated, you can walk over to that and then have a conversation about it and then potentially grab, you know, grab the entire team together and nominate updates or changes to things as it happens. And then you get to see how it evolves over time. Yeah. When someone comes in and goes, how does work come into the team? Well, literally, this is how. Well, how does work come out of the team and gets uh, you know determined as done? This again, right here. <laughs> you can you can do the pointing. You can show them that this was the agreed upon uh, set of criteria that the team came up with. It was a group effort. It's not one person. It's not uh, some office that would look to try and dictate these kinds of things down to the teams. Now. Some of that information should be taken into account because there are sometimes regulatory reasons or anything like that. But uh, ultimately, the team ends up owning it when they incorporate it themselves and then look to build upon whatever that is. Well, and it's great because both of those practices can enable cross-team collaboration as well. I actually just came out of a end of sprint demo for one of my customers where you know, the, one of the executive leaders went and had a question answered by our definition of done effectively and looked at it and said, why isn't everybody doing this? Takes it a copy of it. Right. And is now going to another team elsewhere in the organization and saying, Hey, this is how you collaborate with this team. This is what they look for. Why aren't we doing this? You know, and, and it, it starts a really cool conversation about how to define work as ready to be worked or, or complete. Um, it also provides some guardrails for communication from other team members because, or from other organization members, because if, if, for example, you're collaborating via backlog where I'm on team A, you're on team B and you're using my platform and have feedback for me, you might want to put a story into my backlog, but it, now I've got to go through and backlog grooming and stuff and retool it and try to make it meet definition of ready and define what definition of done is for it and the acceptance criteria and all that kind of stuff. But if you already know what my definition of ready is, you can already start adding in that information. And now our conversation is much more productive mm -hmm. and much more efficient and we can continue to collaborate. Yeah, that communication bridge uh, becomes a lot easier uh, when when expectations are set up front. I, I love how in your example, by the way, um, he you pointed out that he was taking a copy of it and not the original. When you first told the story, I was imagining the executive just ripping it off the wall and leaving with it. And then you guys just being stuck there like, dude, that was our only copy. What, what? <laughs> now we got to start all over. <laughs> So Brian, you do a lot of facilitation, right? So you've, you have walked us through how you facilitate these practices, and I know you do others, but getting back to the definition of ready, definition of ready, definition of done, things can go sideways in anything that you're kind of facilitating. So I wonder if you have any examples of like, how might facilitating this go sideways? Like what are some problems that you've run into or some challenges when facilitating it? And then what, what advice would you offer to somebody who might encounter the same thing? Um, so yeah, actually with a, a very recent team, we were going through the exercise of defining definition ready and done and, you know, going through my usual facilitation steps and everything, you end up with one or two folks who just don't believe in it. Like, why are we wasting time with this? It's done when it's done, right? It's done with when it's in prod, which they're not wrong, 
and that's important to note, right? That, that, that assertion's not wrong. They are technically done when it's in prod, sort of. Um, but there's other stuff that's involved, right? And this actually the, the, the retort that I gave was something along the lines of, you know, sure, I can deploy an application to prod, but it might not do anything or it just spits out hello world and it was meant to be a payment service operation application. Is it done? Well, no. Okay. So what, else, what does it need? Well, you need this, that, the other. Okay. So what's the problem with writing it down? And, and I mean, we had the psychological safety on that team to have that conversation in that way, of course. And that's, that's actually yeah. a big thing is the psychological safety piece. Um, I don't take, um, when I'm facilitating these things, detractors as a bad thing per se. Um, because if they feel safe enough to speak up about a disagreement, then I feel like I'm doing my job. Even if it takes an hour instead of 30 minutes to get through definition of ready and done, so be it. They're in a safe enough place where they can actually communicate that to me and we can address it. Um, the biggest thing is come prepared for that. You're going to have some detractors. Don't get frazzled. They're just speaking up and they feel safe enough to speak up. So kudos to you. And when addressing it, try to come at it from a point of empathy, try to see it from their, their point of view. Um, it also helps to have examples, which obviously you may not have if it's your first time ever trying to implement the practice, but you can use examples of other teams or you even examples of what not to do are valuable, especially in the first time, my first time facilitating definition of ready and done. I had to use an example of what not to do and how, and then tie in how definition of ready and definition of done could have helped to avoid all of that. Yeah. What's good is I think there's even some, if you look up on open practice library, um, these practices, especially definition of done, I know there's some media in there that shows some of those examples from what real teams have had in the past, which it, it's really good. Cause I think early when I started facilitating this, I had a little bit of knowledge gaps about what makes a holistic and complete definition of done. And it was interesting to see as teams went on and as I saw more and more examples, what things I could suggest as a facilitator that the team might be overlooking as well. Um, in order to make it a little more holistic and complete. So that's a really good call out to see, like go out and find some really good examples and find, you know, learn about what makes a solid one. And then, you know, try to bring that into the conversation, not necessarily copying it, but making sure that you're covering aspects that the team might be missing as they're kind of collaboratively doing it together. Something that uh, I found myself doing as I got better at facilitating this practice was moving away from suggesting uh, items that could go into it and really just asking questions of the team. Something like, do you care about X side of topic? Like, do, you, do we care about security? Do we care about tests? <laughs> like, if you ask this open-ended question, hopefully people say yes. <laughs> and then you can say, okay, but what, what does that mean to us? Well, how down this rabbit hole, do we really care to go with making sure that we account for all of these topical areas? Yeah. So I've, that actually brings up a, a good point is, you know, getting people to actually speak up. Um, one of the first teams that I facilitated definition of ready and done for 
that particular team was very quiet because they had never been in a situation where they were actually feeling like they could speak up. Um, the psychological safety in that, that organization was not good. And so what, one of the things I ended up doing was asking them, okay, you never want to have to repeat yourself. So for definition of done, what would it take for you to not have to repeat yourself if you were writing, say, an Ansible playbook? And of course, the the quick answer that somebody gave being a little snarky was be an Ansible playbook pro, right? And it's like, okay, but what does an Ansible playbook pro do? Like in your mind, a professional Ansible playbook writer who writes roles and operators and so on in Ansible, what do they do that's different from what we do today? And that spawned an entire conversation, which got into you know, learning anxiety and, and psychological safety and, and as well as, of course, all the technical notes that you would expect, right? Uh, being familiar with YAML and understanding how the Python implementation of Ansible works and all that fun stuff. So just doing that can sometimes help out quite a bit. When you were talking about people speaking up, right? When, when you do have psychological safety and people feel comfortable enough, you know, discussing ideas and, and, and challenging a little bit, um, have you ever run into an issue where a team couldn't seem to like align on a single idea, like not a bunch, but maybe there was a particular sticky that was kind of up for debate that, you know, they couldn't handle on their own. Has that happened to you? Yeah. Um, it, it's usually, um, I, I like to call those the ties. So basically it's a tie and you got to break the tie somehow. And there, there was an item that, that was on, on a team's definition of ready that um, nobody could seem to agree upon at all. So I kind of made the, the choice to guide the team into saying, well, let's put it in our parking lot. We'll keep it up. And when we publish our definition of ready, we're going to put an appendix down there that has that item in it that it's up for debate. What ended up happening was the team, the team said, okay, that's fine. We, we just won't have that. Right. And this is supposed to be an evolving thing anyways. So we'll look at it at another time. Well, we published it to the team's confluence page and someone else from a different team looked at the team page, saw all the practices that were going on, saw that particular item and came back and this was weeks later, came back at us and said, Hey, so for that thing right there that you guys didn't include, but you're kind of considering it, here's some additional context around it. And they just, they wrote that up in an email, the team reviewed and, you know, scheduled an ad hoc review meeting for the whole team. And we, all, and everyone got together and they said, Hey, with this bit of context, this thing actually does apply to us. We should add it. The edit went up same day and everybody agreed. And I've also had it where there was a thing that, you know, we did the parking lot and uh, we left it up there and then it just ended up being not important because it was ign easily ignorable for weeks and weeks before anybody went back and said, oh, isn't it time for us to review definition of ready, definition of done again to see if we need to change anything? Did we ever encounter that? No? Okay. I guess it, we don't need it. Yeah, that's awesome. I love both of both of those stories, how they played out and the use of the parking lot. Like if something's on the fence, 
you know, maybe default to simplicity because the less things there are, the, the easier it is for people to remember and keep it in their mind. So put it in the parking lot. And then it's the, it's that evolving thing. It's something you're going to revisit. It's almost versioned, right? So you can come back at the end of the sprint and then revisit and add things or decide to not add things and even take stuff out if, you know, or reword stuff. Yeah, that was, uh, that was really good. I, I, I love those stories and even how those things being shared openly and transparently outside of the team allowed for additional context to come in that made the decision a lot easier that that team necessarily didn't have all the information at the time but publishing that and allowing for others to see it brought that context that they needed in order to align on it that's really cool nice and now i i want to bring us into reflections 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 is that time to where we look to share really cool aspects of our conversation that we found especially intriguing that we found enlightening or any sort of like aha moments and i'm gonna kick us off i'm gonna boil it down to three things uh, sorry if it is already three things but like the using the or creating the definition of done definition of ready right after the social contract uh, was super intriguing to me i i don't i've not really typically done it that soon after doing a social contract. However, I can find, I, I can see some of the merits because it sparks some of the ideation and even better story creation during discovery and value slicing. I've just always done it after you do that kind of a thing in order to better define the things that you had initially scoped at that super high level. So I'm like, yeah, may maybe. Uh, I never really thought of it that way. Uh, and then the reduction of toil, I thought, uh, introducing toil was very, very neat. Uh, so toil being that like work tied into like just repetitive work that you're doing that could be, uh, avoided, right? You just don't want to, um, dwell inside of, uh, doing something again and again and again. And so by doing definition of ready, definition of done, you actually reduce later toil on repetitive, repetitive or repeat work that you could have avoided. Uh, and then the versioning, oh man, I don't know why I never thought of trying to actually version my definition of done, definition of ready to show evolution over time because it shows team evolution and ma uh, maturation. And I was like, oh man, I've always just been like, just always evolve it. But I, I, I missed out on, a, on, a, on an amazing learning opportunity. <laughs> so that was my super aha moment. Ooh, ooh I want to build on that. So this, this gets into, uh, I, I, I did, I love the concept that it evolves and you can version it, but I love Brian, how like multiple times you emphasize the importance of psychological safety in this and how, you know, you can come up with an initial version and you could do your best to create a psychologically safe space for everybody early in a team's, uh, forming but it might take some people a little longer than others. And so building in that evolution and revisiting it after people have kind of reached independently those higher levels of psychological safety within the team, once they you know, maybe need a little more time to build that trust, um, could help contribute at a higher level to things like that also as people feel more comfortable to speak up or challenge ideas or something like that. So I love your, your focus on the people and making sure that as much as you can, um, in the beginning and as you go throughout the project, really creating that psychologically safe space so that people feel comfortable discussing these things. That was really cool. Yeah. So one of the things I'm, I've actually been tossing around is 
So usually I do definition of ready and definition of done in that order, ready first and then done. I've actually been considering doing them backwards, um, starting with done, which would coincide with kind of like a start at the end exercise that you would do with a team anyways. And then saying, okay, so if done is what we want to achieve and, and, you know, we'll never have to do that work again, how do we know it's ready? Right. Cause a lot of times what I'm finding when I facilitate this is that you do definition of ready and then your definition of done a lot of teams, they will turn around and just say, okay, well, what's the opposite of ready? So if our, if our definition of ready includes a thing that says it's estimable, right. Then their definition of done says it was estimated, right. Or something like that, or definition of ready, uh, define success metrics, definition of done success metrics measured. And it, and it becomes kind of a, almost a thoughtless exercise and almost a, a way out for people to take a nap almost. So I've actually been debating doing it the other way around where you start with done. What does the ideal state look like? And then ready, how do we know we're ready to get there? So a little something to chew on. I, li I like that. I I'll admit that uh, when you were giving examples, that felt a little bit about like some acceptance criteria I've seen before, <laughs> where the story is like, build the thing, acceptance criteria, the thing was built. Like that's, <laughs> okay, that's that's kind of a cop-out, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, in 12 seconds. it is just that simple. So, sometimes it is just that simple, but more often than not, that's being disingenuous and it shows up in work quality. So, and especially, you know, I always try to set my customers up for success from the very start. So it's one of the reasons why I've kind of been mulling over, kind of reversing it and see if maybe that gives them a better start. When you know, you know. When you know, you know. <laughs> when you built the thing, you built the thing. That's how you know when it's done. Brian, thank you so much for spending some time with us, chatting about definition of done, definition of ready, or vice versa, depending on how you want to introduce it. Uh, <laughs> if people wanted to get in touch with you or keep up to date with uh, anything that you're doing, how can people do that? Um, so I'm relatively active on LinkedIn. Um, it's Brian C. Tomlinson on LinkedIn. Um, I'm not very active on Twitter. Uh, it's more of a news service for me. Um, otherwise, you might be able to see me on the Red Hat blog. Um, I actually did write a series on Open Practice Library Basics. Um, so that's up there as well. And I talk a little bit about definition of ready, definition of done, and it all ties together across the, the four article series. That's awesome. Uh, there actually is uh, another book. Uh, it's a DevOps Culture and Practice with OpenShift. They have a chapter that actually goes through definition done, definition of ready as well. Two amazing resources to take a look at. We'll put them inside of the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. Stay open. Sweet. Thanks, Brian. One of these days, Matt, when you do, when I know you're about ready to say that, I'm just going to jump in and say it real quick and see what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would imagine you get like all flustered, like, what? what, what, what? <laughs> or you're just going to get the response of, no, you stay open. <laughs> you stay open. You, you stay open first. No, you stay open. First. Hey, you. High fives to you.
for listening to this episode of the Open Practice Podcast. That was awesome of you. And you should do it more often because who doesn't like more awesome stuff in their lives? It's awesome. If you like what you heard and you want to know more, feel free to head over to openpracticelibrary.com where you can find a wealth of activities and practices that you can run with your team in order to help get you from idea to delivery. And while you're there, why not upload your own stuff too? This is all about a community. We all need to share what's in our brains so that we can all get better at creating better ideas and turning those into better solutions for people. So contribute. We need it. If you want to keep up with us, you can also hit us up and follow us on Instagram at Open Practice Library. Thanks for listening and stay open.